guys. Welcome back to Previalliance Podcast. It's Sarah. And Whitney. Okay, so today's a special one. It is a little bit different. We have um, certain episodes that we get vulnerable and personal. That's right. I know I kind of did my NICU experience um, one, and I've talked about the daycare. Now it's Whitney's turn. That's right. So this episode is really going to be about advocating for our children, even if we don't really know how to do that or how to navigate that process. So my older daughter, Sydney, she started kindergarten this year, about mid-August. So about three, three and a half weeks into the school year, her teacher had emailed me saying, hey, I just wanted to let you know about some behaviors I'm seeing out of Sydney. And it was one of those where she was really struggling to focus. Mm -hmm. She was kind of a daydreamer or space cadet. She was also trying to sneak her work for other kids to do to help her out with. Okay. Um, You know, she felt very discouraged. There was one picture her teacher sent me with her head on her desk by 8 o'clock that morning. She looked so defeated. Um, And it was one of those I asked the teacher, I was like, you know, is she having like tantrums? Is she being belligerent? You know, and... She wasn't. She wasn't being defiant. She wasn't refusing to do the work. But it was definitely one of those you could tell that she wasn't focusing a whole lot, that she did not feel confident in her work, and that this was just a struggle for her. Now, that being said, my kids are daycare kids. Sydney had been in daycare since 12 weeks old and did pre-K. Yeah. So going to school was not new for her. Right. And so I asked the teacher, I said, do you feel like this could be an ADD, ADHD kind of thing? Or is this, you know, a transitionary adjustment period for kindergarten? Because again, she's my first five-year-old. This is the first time you're doing this. This is the first time I'm doing this. I don't, honestly, didn't really know what I would be expected of her in kindergarten. Yeah. You know, and so I'm looking to her teacher for guidance. And her teacher said, well, it's something I wanted to make you aware of, but let's just kind of wait and see how things go. And I will say this, her teacher has been fantastic, super hands-on, super helpful, but I don't like to wait and see. No. Especially when it comes to my kids. Same way. And so I had actually reached out to another therapist that I work with who works mainly with children. And I said, hey, what are kind of younger kids' symptoms of ADD, ADHD? And just from some of the things that she was telling me and some things that I could find online, And just being a social worker and knowing these things, we were really kind of ticking off some boxes for ADD and attentive type. Yeah. So again, we're not belligerent. No. We're not hostile. We're not refusing. It's really not a behavioral issue. It is a focus and confidence issue. And so with that, I remember calling our pediatrician's office and I said, hey, I want to make an appointment for her to get evaluated for ADD. And the way our pediatrician does it, they have these forms from Vanderbilt on there that the parents fill out and that the teacher fills out that's essentially like an ADD, ADHD screening type form. Uh And ideally, they want two teachers to fill it out, but we're kindergarten, so we don't have two teachers, so we're rolling with what we got. Yeah. And so we filled those out, turned them into our pediatrician, and all the while, Sydney is, you know, and Sydney is honestly a really good kid. Like, she's not my troublemaker or nothing. You know, we might get a green one day on our behavior chart, but then we'd have a smattering of yellows and an occasional red. And I'm like, this is just not you. my child, yeah. you know? And again, you know, keeping in touch with the teacher, like, it's not belligerent. It's just like, 
she's not focusing, she's not completing her work, all of these things. So we get into the pediatrician and she said, well, you know, she is still first half of kindergarten, could easily be a transitioning adjustment period. Mm -hmm. One thing that she had brought up to me, because I was mentioning how hard of a time Sydney had with her handwriting, that really seemed to be kind of a key factor in a lot of this was handwriting, freestyle, not tracing. And the pediatrician had told me that her son was either in second or third grade when he got diagnosed with ADD, inattentive type, and dysgraphia, which is where it's a form of dyslexia, like, they know their letters, but they space them out super far apart. It's like a spatial reasoning issue. Yeah. And she said that in third grade, you know, they took him to a psychologist, got him evaluated, got the diagnosis. At that age, they started him on a medication night and day. Wow. Totally different. And I did tell our pediatrician, I said, she's five, so I don't love the idea of jumping to a medication at this early of an age. Down the road, if we need to, we'll cross that bridge. I'm not completely opposed to it. But at five, I don't know that I want that to be my first line of defense. Right. And so I also know that as a therapist, like if someone struggles with ADD, ADHD, stimulants actually help them focus. Yeah. So I use Mio drops in my water all the time. They have caffeinated ones. Small dosages of caffeine. Right. We were making her blue water in the morning. Yeah. And guess what? All of a sudden, we have a behavior change. We're bringing him more greens. So I told the pediatrician that. I said, it's kind of our own little research here. Yeah. I said, but we implemented this stimulant. And all of a sudden, we have pretty significant improvement as far as behavior. The writing is still an issue. Right. You know, the focus is a little bit better. Right. Things of that nature. And so our pediatrician um, had recommended that we get an OT, which is occupational therapy, on board, get her evaluated through the school's OT, which if your child is going through the public school system, they most likely have resources like that on hand. That you can use. Correct. And so, and they do not have to be in special education to qualify for those things. Um, That being said, because our pediatrician was like, She's not autistic. She's not going to qualify for special education services in their traditional role. She goes, but OT might be something that yeah. we want to look into, strengthen those hand muscles mm-hmm. and really start to go that route. Yeah. I'm here for it. Absolutely. Here for it. And so the next day I had followed up with the teacher and I said, hey, this is what her pediatrician recommended that we have OT within the school evaluator and kind of go from there. Yeah. So the OT actually came in. Um, so I had taken Sydney to the pediatrician, I think, on like a Tuesday. I had told the teacher everything on that Wednesday. Thursdays when the OT came and observed her. And then they had some holiday that Friday. So Monday is when I did a conference call with the teacher and the OT. And the OT and her teacher were like, she's not autistic. She is not hitting the marks for that at all. Please do not worry about that. But also, like, her writing is not that bad. They were like, yeah, she could use some OT just to, you know, get her letters a little bit better. Fine-tune it. Exactly. But for a five-year-old, the OT was like, I have some second graders that can't write, you know, to this level. And so I thought, okay, good. Maybe this is an OT issue where if we just strengthen those muscles, we're going to be okay. And so what they did was they sent me home a list of different games and activities that we could do at home 
to work on these fine motor skills. Yeah. But Sydney doesn't know she's doing work, so to speak. She thinks it's like a She fun thinks activity. it's a game. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then our pediatrician also sent a referral into the Children's Hospital of Alabama for um, just the psychological processing, just to go through that whole evaluation. And they told me, they said, you know, the referral is good for a year. So it's there if you want it. And if you don't, no harm is done. Right. And so with that, we were, I felt good because we had a plan from the school of, we're going to implement these OT things here. And should we feel like we need to go further, then we can open up into what services are available to us through the school. Right. And then also I had a referral in for psychological testing at Children's if I needed it. Right. And so from there on out, we started implementing those OT games. And Sydney never knew that there was a purpose Right. In that. She just thought it was something fun to do with her mom. Yeah, she just thought it was something to do, fun to do with us. Now, I will say the waiting period between turning in those Vandy forms and getting the appointment with the PED was about six weeks. It's a process. It is a process. Um, and so during those six weeks, and honestly, even getting up to that point, anytime I would mention it to somebody, it felt like it got brushed off. And that frustrated me to no end. Because there's probably something in your gut. Oh, yeah. And let's be honest. I'm sure it killed you when you saw that picture of her with her head down. Oh, uh, that was awful. Broke about- my, I wanted to go get her from school, but truancy, like, they won't let me just take her right. just to take her. Um, but I can remember, you know, and again, her teacher has been fantastic. But the, well, let's just wait and see. I wanted to make you aware. I got frustrated with that because I'm like, I don't want to wait and see. I want to I get, get on resources it. on board as soon as possible because I know early intervention is the best intervention. For anything. Yes. Well, and then when I would bring it up with my husband, he's like, well, it, she'll be fine. She'll be fine. And I'm like, you are not as concerned about this as I am. And that's a problem. It is a problem. And we will discuss that problem. Yeah. I was like. You do not feel the same way that I feel about this. And I feel so invalidated right now. And you're just like, I think there's something about your mama bear coming in, your instinct. And you know, you see it when there's clients that start early with you at the beginning and how much progress and what we can. And like you said, you did what so many moms need to hear is you followed through and you've, even yeah. though people were saying, Hey, Whitney, it's okay. She's got a little bit back. of a pushback or may not pushback. That's the wrong word. And it's, I, it's I, not I had like a they're little doing it on purpose. No, and saying I, I felt like I was hitting brick walls, but you just keep pushing. Yeah. And for was, your kid. So what you think was key in like getting. Oh, so I think part of it was knowing that Sydney couldn't speak up for herself. And you had to be her voice. I had to be her voice. I mean, yes, she's five. She has words. She can communicate. But can she communicate to me that she feels defeated that she doesn't write as well as some of the other kids? No, and that's, she probably doesn't even know that's why she's feeling defeated. Like she sees it, but it's like. Well, all the other kids could finish their (laughs) worksheets or whatever before her. And so she feels defeated. So we already have a comparison game happening in kindergarten. That's not okay. That's not how it's supposed to be. No, with the kindergarten, I mean, I can I can say this too. I've seen it with Will in pre-K. Mm-hmm. He said, someone told me I scribbled scrabbled and it hurt my heart. Uh-huh. And they know. They they don't do this to be mean either, the teachers, mm-hmm. but like you're putting their work up. 
you can obviously see comparisons. Absolutely. You look over and you're like, why did so-and-so finish that before me? Kids know that. They do. Well, and it's one of those, our teacher had, or I say our, like she's my teacher. Well, she Sydney's is. teacher. Because yeah. Because that's what you have to think about. It. Yeah. Yeah. She is your teacher too, because yeah. it's, you're a team with the teacher. Absolutely. And so, you know, we would get pictures through the app throughout the day. And there would be so many times where, you know, they had activities and they had the kids' names on them and Sydney's wouldn't be up on the wall and it's because she wouldn't finish them because she felt so defeated. Oh my gosh. So again, there's that element of comparison, not intentional by the teacher, no. but Sydney can tell, oh, well, they finished their stuff before me. And it's like, she can't go home at the end of the day and say, mom. Yeah. I'm struggling. I don't feel like I'm as good at cutting with scissors or writing. Five. Yeah, exactly. So now if it's a teenager, that's a whole different ball yeah, game. Different ball game but or we're talking to our younger kids here. Yeah. But even if it is a teen and you're noticing something, you push for it. Oh, absolutely. And here's the thing. And I, I've always loved our pediatrician, you know, going in when I'm telling her these different things, I can tell the questions that she's asking back of what are we ruling in and ruling out. Yes. Things of that nature. And so it was one of those, I felt like our pediatrician welcomed that appointment. Yeah. They want to know because they they're did. not going to know. Just like if we go back to anything with our mental health. Yeah. If we don't tell them, yeah. it's like if we're sick. We mm -hmm. go to the doctor and say, Correct. hey, we're having a fever. We're having a cough. So yeah. if we're having these difficulties or our child's having these difficulties, yeah. if we don't tell them and go to them for it, yeah. they just assume we're healthy and or status Correct. quo and continuing on. Mm -hmm. So you have to make the resources work for you guys like Whitney mm -hmm. did. You have to go You have to keep pushing. It. You have to keep pushing. Now, never at any point in time do I feel like I had to be overly assertive or a Karen I never, because the teacher did a really good job of communicating, of communicating with but you us. you did a great job of listening. Yeah. And I will say it's hard to hear that your child struggles because no one wants their child to struggle. No. So did I have to process those emotions? Yes, I did. But it's weird. It's like I had to grieve a little bit or feel my feelings and be proactive at the same time. Because you Which knew is a challenge. Sydney needed you to take that oh, action. Yes. Absolutely. Because she wasn't processing her feelings. So you had to do the whole work. Exactly. And that's what we have to do when we advocate for our kids is, I mean, and we're talking about Sydney's going to be perfect and she's going to be fine and she yes. is. And we're talking at all extremes here. It's like yeah. when you're advocating for your child, mm -hmm. if they're being bullied, if, if you mm -hmm. think something's being delayed, if you think yeah. they have a, an allergy that's not being recognized, yeah, anything, mm -hmm. you have to... Like Whitney said, yeah. process your own grief. Yeah, that. you're allowed to. Voice journal, let it out. Talk to someone and yes. say, I am so upset that there could even be something wrong with her. That was me. Is I was like, where did I go wrong? Did I do something wrong in my pregnancy? Did I, did I do something wrong? Yes, did, did I, not I fail my it? child? Am I too busy that I didn't know this? Yes. So there was a lot of emotions I had to go through and process with that in addition to being proactive and advocating on her behalf. And you were probably, honestly, there's part of you that's scared a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Of what those results were going to be. Well, yeah. Who wouldn't be? And so you're just like. And then, you know, all of a sudden we see almost night and day difference of we're struggling, we're struggling. Okay, now let's implement some OT games to help her. And then boom, all of a sudden. Oh, we're getting pinks. We're yeah. getting greens. We're getting really good behavioral colors. Yeah. 
her handwriting is getting better every single day in her notebook that she brings home. I'm like, okay, so it was a muscle thing in addition to confidence. Confidence. And someone even just saying to you, mm-hmm. I just, I keep going back to that picture. Mm-hmm. It was so sad. And it was the, awful. And it's something that you can always hold on to mm-hmm. and know and tell her. Oh, yeah. And say, look what you overcome. And here's the thing right now, she does not have a diagnosis of ADD. That's not to say that down the road that that diagnosis couldn't take place. Right. However, I feel better prepared to navigate that for her. Right. I know some of the resources available to us through the school system. I know her pediatrician is on board. So three, four, five years down the road, if we feel like we're dealing with this again, you know what? I, I know what we need to do. Now I know to get those forms off their website. So and get that started immediately. So break it down for them. What did you yeah. do first? You processed your feelings. Yeah, I processed my feelings. You accepted what was being told to you. I think that's I actually dug the first. a little bit. I dug a little bit of is this a normal transitionary period for kindergarten? Right. Or do you think that this could be ADD? Right. Was told, well, let's just wait and see. But I really needed you to be aware of it. Is what her teacher told me. So I'm over here thinking, okay. I want more than that. So what's our next so step? So then I started digging a little bit. You know, Google. I'm not a huge fan of Dr. Google. Because they can go down rabbit holes. can. But I started just looking for, you know, ADD in young children. So being informed. Being going, informed. Kind of looking at things. Not saying it's an absolute. Because it's not. Right. But being more informed. More updated. Taking that information and saying, okay, Sydney is checking some of these boxes calling the pediatrician so go to your pediatrician go to the pediatrician Pediatrician, when we're young age kids or even like up to teens they're a key like think of them as a core person in your support for your kids that's correct if you don't feel like that for them find a different pediatrician absolutely so went to the pediatrician and they guided us our pediatrician has forms online that you can print off and it's through vanderbilt you know the parents and the teachers they fill it out and from what our teacher told us is they had to send it directly to the pediatrician, which I assume is so like we couldn't right. alter it, which I completely get. So I did have to f- sign a release of information for the school to communicate with the pediatrician. I'm fine with that. And That's if, HIPAA. If you're hearing this and you're like, That's a lot, call your pediatrician's mm-hmm. office. They will have a nurse. They'll have a Yes, a they'll have someone to someone guide you through guide it. You and help you through it. Mm-hmm. So don't feel like that. So just know Call your Pete. They will guide you through what their process is. And they'll help you because everybody's different. Yes. Everybody's different. Then who did you turn to? Was the teacher good at school about knowing like OT or this and that? So a little bit of both. So when we went to the pediatrician, she was the one that recommended OT. And so she said, you know, with it being the public school system, that we should have OT available to us, at least just to observe Sydney. So who actually got you in contact with them? The teacher. Okay. So after the pediatrician appointment, I reached out to her teacher and said, hey, this is how the appointment went. This is what the pediatrician recommended. How do we go about getting in contact with the OT in the school system? So your child's teacher should then yes. next be a core person. In yes. It. And if you feel like that that relationship's not good, you can go to the guidance counselor. You really can. You can go to the principal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can go to other teachers if your kid has multiple teachers. Yeah. And so with that, she said, you know, I'm not 100% sure. Let me reach out to our special education department and I'll keep you posted. I'm good with that answer. As long as you're looking for an answer instead of shutting down and saying, I don't know, we can work on it. Absolutely. And so, I mean, literally the next day, 
she had OT in there looking at her and had communicated that with me. So use the resources that are in the schools, in your facilities, yeah, in the absolutely. daycares you have. But, and if any point you didn't mm-hmm. feel like this was right for Sydney or you felt like something was off, you would have said it. And you absolutely. So you it's have- funny you mentioned daycare because I even, because she does after school care at the same place she did preschool at. Right. And it's the same place that our younger daughter does daycare. I even went to them and I said, hey, this was never really made an issue when she did pre-K last year. Right. But did y'all ever see anything similar to this? What'd they say? Not really. They said occasionally she could take a little bit longer to do her coloring but sheets. it wasn't like... Nothing that was alarming. Right. Nothing that, like you know, raised red flags or anything of that nature. Because um, Sydney really didn't get yellows and reds in pre-K. Occasionally she'd get a yellow because she'd play at nap time. But, you know, nothing that was like crazy for a four-year-old. You know what I mean? So you did your history. You went your background. I think the most thing that... And we can, we're going to do more episodes about this. And we're actually going to bring on a special guest that kind of helps That's going to be so cool. But take this from Whitney, mm-hmm. is that we're all, we're moms. We're navigating the unknown yeah. together. I was about to say, we don't always have to know what to do. And sometimes we're winging it. And that's why we have pediatricians, teachers, school resources Uses to it. guide us. You're not in this alone. No. Ask your friends if they've been down this route. Mm-hmm. Listen, Absolutely. No, this is encouragement. You're in it together. Oh, Maybe yeah. I'm proud of you. I'm Thank always you. Sam, but you're a great mom. We were winging it, but hey, we it worked out. She's doing great. Yet She went back to school yesterday and got a pink. Hey, we'll take those pink days. Oh, absolutely. All right, till next time. All right, see ya. Maternal mental health is as important as physical health. The Preview Alliance podcast was created for and by moms dealing with postpartum depression and all its variables like anxiety, anger, and even apathy. Hosted by CEO, founder, Sarah Parkhurst, and licensed clinical social worker, Whitney Gay, each episode focused on specific issues relevant to pregnancy and postpartum. Join us and hear how other moms have overcome mental health challenges, as well as access tips and suggestions on dealing with your own challenges as moms. You can also browse our podcast library and listen to previous episodes at any time. Please know you're not alone on this journey. We're here to help.